0: Welcome to the Shine Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Kunarian, and I am so grateful that you are here. I'm a wife, mother of three boys, certified massage therapist, and an alcohol-free sobriety coach who helps driven women break through their alcohol dependency without the traditional 12-step program. Each week I will bring you inspiring guests with a focus on mindset, health, and spirituality providing you the tips and tools to help you create unshakable confidence, clarity, and energy so you can unleash your creative potential and live the life of your dreams alcohol-free. So tune in for some fun, and if you are ready to shine, welcome. Because you're listening today, I want to go ahead and give you a gift. It's a gift I've crafted with immense love, care, and the wisdom of my own journey. This gift is my six-step blueprint to an alcohol-free life. It's more than just a guide. It's a heartfelt roadmap designed to navigate the terrain of living alcohol-free. Each step in this blueprint is a beacon of light, illuminating your path, guiding you towards a healthier, happier, and truly radiant version of yourself. It's your tool for empowerment filled with practical strategies and emotional insights that will resonate with your personal experiences. It's the companion you deserve on your sobriety journey and the best part it's been thoughtfully created for those like me who found traditional programs like aa or the 12 steps not quite aligning with their needs so if you are ready to embrace this adventure with open arms and an open heart go ahead and text the word gift that's g-i-f-t at 1855-649-6196. Again, that's the word gift at 1855-649-6196. And after all, this just isn't a blueprint. It's the start of your beautiful transformation. So let's embark on this journey together. We have a truly special guest joining us. She is a spiritual powerhouse, a beacon of self-love and transformation, the founder of Holy Shiver, And an individual whose personal journey has been nothing short of remarkable. Alessandra's story is a testament of the power of resilience and personal evolution. Having walked the line between light and dark, she successfully redefined her life through spiritual awakening. Her life's journey has given her profound insights into the human spirit, which she generously shares with others in her quest to foster self-love and enlightenment. In today's episode, we delve into the heart of Alessandra's spiritual philosophy, exploring concepts such as filling your own edges, practicing the discipline of pleasure, and building healthy boundaries. We also discuss how these principles can be applied in our own lives to cultivate emotional well being personal growth, and a deeper connection with our true selves. Join us as we embark on a soul-steering journey of self-discovery and spiritual growth. Whether you're looking for enlightenment, inspiration, or simply seeking a greater understanding of life's complexities, this episode promises to offer an eye-opening exploration of spiritual awakening. So grab your favorite cup of tea, get comfortable, and let's dive into this illuminating conversation. welcome back to the shine within podcast i have a very special guest here that i'm excited to have all the way from italy alessandra Vernesi. she is an author business coach and relationship observer after pursuing a career in marketing and an mba in new york city later spanning into europe for more than 15 years in the insurance software and finance industries she now resides in italy her latest book a new banana and pill yourself and Elevate Your Relationships is one of many upcoming projects dedicated to helping others see the light within themselves. Thank you so much for joining me today, Alessandra. Thank you, Gina. It's an honor.
1: I really love your podcast.
0: Oh, thank you so much. And I want to know about your book and what inspired you to write this book, a little bit about your background and all the fun stuff about Alessandra.
1: So... um. Well, I'm going to start with a, with a general statement that maybe a lot of people can relate to. And that is that I think I, throughout my life, I always knew I wanted to write a book. Um, and that was just something vague and present in the back of my mind. And of course, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to write about. I would start and stop and start and stop. And um, this book really sprouted, though, from, from a moment that I wasn't looking to write a book. Um, basically the, the short story is I, I worked in corporate, um, I followed the tried and true path of, you know, college job, second job, MBA while working, um, all the, all the career type a moves that one can do. And fast forward five years ago, um, I moved to Italy and um, actually, no, sorry, fast forward three years ago, we 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 all had COVID, we all experienced the COVID situation. And essentially, I finally came to the realization of how disconnected I was living my life and, and how much my, uh, and at the time, I wouldn't have been able to define this this way, but how much my inner value was dependent on the external. So what, what am I making in my job? What am I doing? What are my goals? You know, how am I meeting targets? And, you know, all of these trips. So I was working internationally. So, you know, I, I was flying all over the place. And um, COVID hit about two months after I ended, uh, mutually, we ended a, I ended a four-year relationship. So I was ultra alone, I was, which was, you know, which was fantastic from a universal standpoint, from a human point. You're like, this sucks but the universe was like, yeah, big lessons coming. So I was, um, I was home alone in my apartment in Italy. And, you know, I, I think it, it was about two weeks before I cracked, um, you know, I, at first I'm like, okay, I can do this. This is fine. And like, you know, global webinars and everybody's coming together and like all this stuff is going on that we remember. And then at one point I just had like a really, really bad, bad day. And, You know, I think you realize in those moments how close you are on the line of sanity versus insanity. Um, Just when you're alone, it's just incredible. Uh, Maybe now we're more used to it. Maybe COVID broke us in. Um, I I think at this point, after all of the work and the work we uh, continue to do, I'd probably really love two weeks to myself this way. But at the time, it was absolute, it was a nightmare. Um, I was directly confronted with myself and so um meditation found me so you know a friend of mine whispered to me i've been following this account you might want to try it and so really i started doing it because i had nothing else to do um i was tired of drinking every you know plus i was in italy so i was following like u.s times and italy times for half the hours and you know of course like we know that wasn't exactly like for the pleasures of drinking. It was very much a numbing thing. When I started meditating for an hour in the day, I learned to love myself. I mean, to see myself and love myself and feel myself in my own body. And at first, it was really just one hour, but it started like just like expanding um, all around me. And so much so that I started just writing my own resolutions and how they were coming to me and how I was feeling. And so that became the first blueprint for the book. I wrote about 72 meditations, which were really reflective chats. Um, And then I was sending them to friends through WhatsApp and, you know, just trying to, you know, Hey, if this helps you too, like (laughs) I've realized these things from my personal problem last week. Uh, And so it was like a variety of topics and, you know, it starts with finding yourself and so um and that was three years ago so then eventually the book is an elaboration of a lot of other modalities that came into my life and as I began to explore other ways of connecting to myself and to my consciousness and to you know the powers around us and like the dimensions around us then more insights poured through more neutrality poured through uh less of a suffering frequency like less of like hey I'm so sorry you're sad and more like the world is great, actually, like, come in and join us in this area, you know, so um, it took about two and a half years to pull the book together. And, um, and really, it's about, you know, unpeeling yourself, so unpeel yourself, because basically, at the end of it all, um, we just have so many socially constructed implications of who we need to be or what we need to be. And then, and that's fine if we realize it's a story, but when we believe it so much and we take it so seriously, then we're the ones that suffer because we're not seeing who we truly are, which is, you know, a lot more simple yet complex than, than it needs to, you know, than we see it as. So, um, Or a lot more simple, forget about the complex. The complexities are are the beauty of life. But um so this is how it all came about, basically.
0: I love that. And thank you so much for sharing that. And believe me, banana sounds better than peeling off layers of an onion.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, my mother my mother suggested I should make it that. And I was like, well, sure. The concept is there. It's a bit, you know, more predictable.
0: Yeah, I <laughs> know. So yeah,
1: why, no. why not be unpredictable and uh, and funny and um it really, it's really meant to reflect also the humor of life. Again, like, I think the more that I am working also now with clients that tend to be in the corporate profile, um, what I see from this external lens is just how seriously sometimes people take things. And it's like, it's not that serious. You know, it's a game. Life is not, not all of it. Life itself is real and true. But everything we have around us right now it's just a kind of a game and
0: um oh, yeah. you know yeah, it's cool. it's, a game is correct and, and like i love what you said you have a great point people do take life so seriously and why i wonder why what, what is there <laughs> what is there to be so serious about this is your life and have fun and i think a lot of it was that we were conditioned we were influenced and we didn't go within, like you've mentioned before. We never really went within. And I love the fact that you brought up meditation because, and there's different forms of meditation. I was just learning about there's a form of meditation, just using life as experiences as a meditation. I'm like, hey, yeah, that's a good point. But there are different um, avenues you can take with meditation. But I've learned when I've meditated, I, and I use it as prayer as well. That's my meditation time. And I will go ahead and just, have my quiet time and breathe breathe so comfortably and then I'm starting to cry and I notice like all these emotions coming out and I'm like what is this stuff coming out now have you experienced any type of thing where you're just like your body's releasing something definitely there have been times and when that happens it's kind of like
1: it's um it's funny because it's like, on the one hand, you sound like you're like ugly crying. And, and at the other hand, you're like, but I'm feeling great. Don't worry. Like, don't worry about me out here. I'm like, <laughs> but it's good. Um, yes, absolutely. And I've done, you know, and I've had it, you know, suddenly for things that I recognize the reason behind it. You know, maybe one day I was, like I was meditating. I used to meditate with my dog and I thought about her and, but it had been a year and a half since she had passed. And suddenly that day I mourned her. But I was like, this is really important. Like, I needed to cry this. Um, I was so strong for so long. Or maybe, you know, or maybe I tried to put a lens on it. Like, yeah, her energy form has transformed. And, you know, let's, it, and of course, that is all true. But a part of me and my heart wanted to also release some sadness. And, um, and other times I've cried um, for planets. <laughs> like, you know, in the middle of a meditation, I'm like, I'm crying for the earth. And, um, you know, at first when this happened to me, I was still very much like in my business hat and I thought it was absolutely ridiculous that I just put on a breath work meditation and suddenly I'm crying for the earth as if it was like the biggest tragedy of my, you know, something happened to like my closest friend, you know, something like that. So, um, I think there's definitely a place for releasing, uh, actually, I mean, it's the the only way to make room for new things so um if you're gonna renovate the house you gotta clear it out first if there's stuff in it that's right uh, accumulates you know sometimes unbeknownst to us and and life is a constant cycle of releasing and welcoming and opening up and expanding so that we can
0: make more room expansion yeah expansion is so big and back to with the meditation I, growing up, it was, I was always told, hey, stop crying, don't cry. And all of that gets built up. And I never experienced like the type of release that I experienced. But once all that cry came out, like I was getting transformation. (laughs) Some other shifts were happening. And I always say there's always going to be the trials before the triumph, because we experience all these challenges that come into our lives. And people think, oh, it's just me, woe me this, but I think all of us experience. And I I don't like to single people out. (laughs) And I always like to uplift people. And it's difficult to build that relationship with ourselves. And I wanted to go ahead and ask you, how would you describe your relationship with yourself? And how has that evolved over the years? Wow, that's a beautiful question. Um, I want to be concise and
1: then go into it. So I, you know, I, I, I I love myself. I love myself that's, um that's the answer. And, um, and it's been, but it's unconditional. And so, you know, unconditional love also means loving the sides of yourself that perhaps like, you wouldn't show on a first date to someone, you know, <laughs> like, you wouldn't tell someone that, you know, it took you three days to throw out the garbage one time, and it was by the door. But sometimes you do that. I mean, I do, you know, it's okay. Um, it's not my forte. But um, so it's, And and I think, you know, circling back also to like why people take themselves so seriously, at least in my case, it was certainly a case of um, not having like a full vision of how much love I had within myself for myself and not being able to see, again, because of the layers, like really the beauty of each and every person's soul, um, which, you know, the inner world shows you also how to appreciate the outer world once you're able to see it. So um I would say my it's it's a very real relationship, you know, it's kind of like okay, like sometimes I'm more, you know, so I know when to be tough on myself and when to be kind, you know, always, you know, kind, but I know when, you know, when I'm trying to pull a fast one and it's like, okay, no, you really do have to get up and do this. Other times I know that it's okay to relax and to the next big thing and allow room and space for for things to come my way and um so it's kind of like a flowy dynamic that um that is quite neutral and um I guess you know the present moment gives inputs and then you kind of process them and you know it's like I have a buddy it's me
0: (laughs) me and myself yeah and then we're humans right so we always hear that inner voice with us it's like telling us lies or saying oh you're not good enough well why didn't you do that a little bit better now do you come across that still and if you do how do you handle that self-criticism and that self-doubt
1: well knowledge is power so um we like to criticize the mind and i do i did resonate with that initially a lot like you know The mind is a great slave but a terrible master but you know at the same time um you know according you know in the universal laws and principles the universe is mental so there's something beautiful about the mind because without the mind we wouldn't be able to translate and comprehend all of this information that tells us to stay away from the mind (laughs) but it's the mind allowing us to talk about it so um and you know when we have moments like that of self-criticism um which fewer and fewer um i can catch them or i can see them or i understand when they're coming in but of course they do um again because we live our if i stayed at, you know we can't stay at home all day where things are predictable and like usual you know we hit the real world and things happen and you know but it's important to remember that um we're not the voice that's talking, we're the voice that listens. So, when we're listening to all of this, you know, these stories that we're telling ourselves, they're really just stories. One of 100 different ways we could be telling the story. And so um, it happens. And when it does, um, it's just a bit of reframing and redirecting. And um, at the very least, being aware that it's taking place and being like, okay, gosh all right, Alessandra, like you're really tough on yourself today. All right. Did you need, did you say everything you needed to say? Are we good? Because beyond that, let's remember
0: who we are. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you bring up a good point. I love, because I, my mindset coach told me, she was like, this is during the time I didn't have a recovery coach. I didn't have um, a sobriety coach. It was just mindset coach. And she was like, you need to tell your story differently. I'm like, what do you mean I need to tell my story differently? I'm just telling the story as I know it. She's like, it doesn't have to be that way. I said, okay. She's like, whatever you're saying, reframe it. It's just like that. once the, you know, like this is going to sound cliche, you know, once a door closes, another one opens. It's like in the silver context like that. And then talking about reframing your mindset, the reframing the mindset changes everything. It's just, you just change one word or one phrase or a phrase, And it does make a difference because our words are so powerful. However we speak, whatever we say out there to the universe actually can manifest. So we have to be careful sometimes. Exactly.
1: And I think the more you're conscious of that, the more you're sensitive to seeing those kinds of results. Um, You know, if if you're just like kind of blindly like cynical and like, you know, in your own world and not yet fully awakened to it, then it's sort of like... We've already got so much stuff piled up that like that one extra comment may or may not do so much. But when you really start, you know, digging deep and and seeing beauty around you within you and, and what you really truly are capable of being um, and feeling, then then it becomes even more important to have that responsibility towards ourselves and the field around us of what we put in and out, because um, it can be a lot more powerful when it comes from um, this sort of frequency, I think, or whatever we want to call it, wherever, wherever you reach. um, I think it's, it's much more important to be careful when you know
0: better. Yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense. And speaking about universal laws in principle, which universal law has had the most profound impact on your life and why? (laughs) Well,
1: you know, I would say the principle of gender. And by the way, my book actually does go through all of the laws of the Kabbalion. Um, and uh, so it's like an exploration of relationships with the self, with others. So friendships and work relationships and strangers. And then it goes into the universal laws. And then it goes into energy and the you know um, manifestation, overused term, but in general, um, we know that. And, uh, and then romantic relationships. So it's like the whole uh, uh, set. And for me, I think what I really, truly resonated with was um, the law of gender. So the fact that, you know, there is, we're all, we all contain aspects of male and female within us. And, um, and so you know being feminine doesn't mean dropping the masculine it means wielding both powers perhaps in a feminine way um but knowing also when to you know pull your teeth out and walk into a boardroom or you know do what you need to do and um and and for me when i was in the corporate initially like i was very much in my masculine so um and then when i explored spirituality i very much went into my feminine and so then you know knowing that actually we are wired to be both or to hold both and and actually um i my um a very dear friend of mine and coach um split it up even further to four so two, two masculines and two feminines within us and that is um And I think it's interesting I I like sometimes looking at it this way um and that is that you know the feminine sides within us are like one is like the sexual mistress like the sensuous like temptress and like you know in her own power of sensuality and then the other one is the um you know the caring mother type that makes food and wants to take care of you know be of service to the family and bring everybody together And those two feminine sides are within us, as well as, um, you know, the male who, you know, is very much like off to battle into the war, like going to go deliver and manifest and be a salesman and the male who listens and the male who's empathetic. So we have if we can merge all of these sides within our own selves, um, then I think we can have a balance and and not have to like.
0: Refuse one of them. Yeah, it was funny because I was just talking to my husband about this literally last night. So it's funny that we're talking about this right now. And I was like, I need to tap in more into my feminine side. I'm acting a little bit too masculine because sometimes I come across like, I mean, I won't do it like right now (laughs) at home. It's like, I get like a little tough (laughs) because, you know, and I think it's my mom because my father passed away and I was a baby and I didn't really grow up with the proper father figure. And my mom had to play the roles both mom and dad so i saw a lot of her masculine energy as well because she had to take care of the bills she had to get us you know uh two babysitters and she was like go 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 and she had to be the provider however she did have that nurturing side when she was at home the loving side you know i didn't see the promiscuous side ever on that side maybe i wouldn't want to (laughs) as your mom you know but i mean in order for us to find mate, yeah in order for us to find a mate we do need that like not promiscuous, I guess, but uh, more of that uh, seductive side, you know, that like that. That's and then <laughs> I was like, "Oh, thank you, promiscuous." I'm like, the definition of promiscuous is having more than sexual one than sexual partners, but I guess that could work out too. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, so <laughs> so you know, and he, and he was actually more on his like more feminine side, where he was more listening to me, and he was more like calm and had his change of voice. So I totally agree, and I totally happy that you brought that up because it is important for us to hold both masculine and feminine side um and just have a balance like the yin and the yang there's a balance you know masculine and feminine is always like the opposite of something <laughs> and then the beauty and the paradox which I love paradoxes that that reality exists and
1: then above it is also a reality where it's all one anyway so all paths converge um but I want to share with you a really cute practice if you want to connect with any of those four sides of you, yeah. um, it's very simple. It's just find any songs that remind you of one of these, you know, archetypes, types and then dance and play and sing into the song and just connect with that part of you. So, you know, whatever song you might find that might remind me like Arabian nights or something, you know, seductive. And since exactly the word that we said, and um, or you can look for, you know, a beautiful song about love and family and then you can find, you know, a rap song like, you know, for the for the strong male energy and then you can find, you know, John Mayer for the listening type. And then you just listen to each song but actually put yourself in the song um as you're listening to it and then see how the part within you resonates with that energy and just like welcome it, call upon it and uh let it sit with you. Yeah. And so uh,
0: The frequency is important and that's exactly what I do when I'm feeling sad like I will go ahead and take a drive and when I take my drive I will go ahead and listen I love like electronic music not I don't have so many words in them some words are cool you know but I just love getting into the zone but I do pay attention to the road I am very careful. I'm a defensive driver. Although I've been in six car accidents and then my fall, I still that's probably why I'm also a defensive driver. But getting to that zone and getting that frequency, that is your soul speaking to you and you're feeling pumped up and you're like, "Yeah, I'm ready to go." That is your soul speaking to you. It's like, "Hey, we're we're, we're here." <laughs> yeah.
1: And um and you can be everything. You can really be everything. I mean, anything that's around us. Um is a, is a reflection of who uh, if we want to can be a reflection of us in a beautiful way
0: totally now are there any misconceptions or misunderstandings you think people have about any of like universal laws because people will say they're god's laws and some people are like well they're just made up by man like what are your opinion what's your opinion on that so if people feel that way, everybody's allowed to feel the one, for, for sure. Um, whatever works for anyone. And,
1: you know, that's fine. I have found, you know, that these hermetic principles that have been in existence since, like, I think, 1300 BC, I want to say, um, you know, there's some real wisdom behind it. And, you know, a lot of the the modern day advice that we see on social media reflects, um some version of that, you know, so we often talk about manifestation or like um, you know, these kinds of concepts and and you know, for example, I think, you know, with the with the law of polarity or, you know, where it's like again what we were saying before, like left and right or dark and light, um, or sadness and happiness. What, as long as we're in this world of reality, um, the quickest way to shift one of these states is to call upon its opposite. Um, And this is something that, you know, maybe someone doesn't believe in the universal laws. Maybe they believe in hard work. Maybe they don't believe in going with the energy. Uh, And they really, really, really drive something to the end so that they can get it accomplished. And that's you know, again, if that works for them, um, I've I've seen a lot of suffering that way. And, and, you know, especially in the business world and in higher levels where people just like, I got to get that deal. It's like, I'm like, what is it costing you? You're not sleeping for two weeks. You're not with your family. Uh, You're in meetings until 11pm. Turns out the boss is corrupt. Like, why are you investing in this company? Get out of it. It's a bad energy. Like, forget about the money. It will come back in some other way, you know? So, um, but people want to, you know, let them learn and it's, it's perfectly okay both ways. You know, it's about what you can tolerate. Um, So, you know, I, I, I can only share what's worked for me and, and what works for me is understanding all the signs that come up in the, in the world around me and, being able to apply them in my own language and incorporate them into my daily decisions. And sometimes I change my mind about something really quickly and, you know, it might be a big thing. It could be a trip that seemed great at the time. And suddenly I'm feeling and hearing and understanding that it's not in the right energy any longer. And so without fear or ambition, I just let go of my plans and I, I trust that you know the better things are coming through um and so so i think for the skeptical mind the mind that has not maybe um fully experienced some of these types of synchronicities or 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 notice them it can seem a little bit like wishy-washy um and it's hard to prove it uh But when you experience it, you know, you do because you just you
0: just know. Um, So, yeah, thanks for thanks for clarifying that. And everyone's path is different, you know, here on Earth. Everyone is experiencing their own life experiences and journey. And like I said, trials that are happening. What are some things that people will start recognizing once they have a spiritual awakening? Because I know mine, what came in, like when I started having my mindset mentor and I started thinking differently and thought like, hey, you know what? I don't have to believe whatever my mind is telling me. I don't have to think that way. I don't have to always believe whatever's on TV. I don't always have to believe what I don't, I don't always have to do what my friend, you know, Jackie is telling me to do. I really need to go ahead and listen to myself and my heart and feel exactly what I am supposed to be aligned to. And then I started, and then 2020 came, and I, and I actually was happy about 2020 in a weird, crazy way. I did lose some uncles, unfortunately, and I know it's been a tragic moment for a lot of people, and I, I, I can relate. However, that day, I felt very happy when my husband told me he was coming home that they were closing down his job, and uh, I was like, I felt like there was going to be some type of energetic shift here on Earth. The 3D is going to be trans, um, going to be going to 5D. I felt, <laughs> I felt like wow. this joy, this like happiness, and that was really when I had that spiritual awakening. Like, oh my goodness what is going on here? And then I just went through rabbit holes and rabbit holes and rabbit holes and felt ugly, sick, happy, uh, grateful. And then I'm at a different place where I'm just in awe here. And what are some, uh, like I was mentioning, like, what are some things that or things people are noticing once they're going through like some type of spiritual awakening?
1: First of all, anyone going through a spiritual awakening and, you know, welcome. (laughs) It's, uh, you know, good luck. Tread lightly. It's, uh, you know it's it's beautiful because the challenges that come up, you when you watch them transmute and leave your side, or when you learn a method um, that helps you do these things, uh, it's really relieving and freeing, and empowering. Really, um, I was so I think my awakening took place without yet having met a coach. So I had just been meditating, and suddenly this again this love and this realization that I really don't need anything to make myself feel good besides myself. So I don't need, you know, I had, you know, my, my story, everybody's got a story. So of course I was, um, I was always like, uh, I always enjoyed therapy. Actually, I did it as a life coach. You know, it was like a nice way to, it was kind of like a band aid, I would say, because when you're just talking things out, um, it's really just like a very superficial layer of release Um, And it's not a solution. So um, anyway, so I think in in my case, my first realization was just like, holy moly, like I am it. I am the sauce and the chips and the the mouth that eats it. Like I am all of these things. And it was like super cool. Um, And then, you know, it's nice. I think in the first few months, I think I had like a lot of bliss and found my routine and know got really really mindful around me and um you know just started living with this new perspective that if I needed to and had anchored this this love within myself that I could call upon it um throughout the day if I had forgotten that it was there and you know it wasn't easy at first um it took some time but um but it got uh closer and closer to you know to, to where I am at today um And that's when the real challenges happen. That's when life really throws uh, curveballs at you. That's when you start like dealing with like your story, your soul story. Like, you don't know what's hitting you. You're like, okay, where's this from? (laughs) Like, what do I need to clear in this moment? Um, How is this related to something that's, uh, that, you know, and, and so again, it's beautiful to, to have the awakening and also life is both you know light and dark so there's going to be until we reach a place where we're all hopefully one day um, in a better place at this present moment there's going to be still things that come up that are going to be quite challenging because we're also dealing with ancestral stuff and we're dealing with all of the accumulation Mm -hmm. of um, unacknowledged maybe pain here and uh, traumas that have taken place in the past. So, um, but for me, it was self-love for me, it was just super feeling good in my body. I don't think I had felt that way my whole life. So, um, is that was, it's Holy Shivers like, comes uh, in? So yes and no. So in a way, in a way that is what it is. So Holy Shiver, I later Googled it um after I had already been using it for some time because my friend and I came up with it also as a joke it was supposed to sound like holy shit and we were you know we were we were playing around with meditations and we wanted to create he was like you should create some ironic ones because I was always like kind of like a sarcastic person like that was my thing my edge um and still is but different and um so I created these notations. He's like, you should be called Holy Shiver. And I was like, that is great because I'm already laughing. So perfect. So at first it was a joke. Um, again, like life is not that serious. But then I realized that it also represents that moment of deep revelation or, you know, uh, yeah, shift in something when you're experiencing uh, a, a spiritual process. And maybe you do have a shiver in your body or you do just like, or like, you know, whatever, maybe even an activation of sorts. So um,
0: that's where the name comes from. Yes. It's like the Holy Spirit Activate. I don't know if you've ever seen those reels on like you. Not oh, yeah. <laughs> Holy Spirit Activate. Yeah. And you do get that shiver. You do get those goosebumps. You do get like those hair standing in the behind your neck, you know, and that is part of it. That is your soul. <laughs> So, are you a relationship expert then? Since <laughs> we're talking about relationships, I've served a lot of relationships, uh, and I've been—I've
1: uh, been sort of, you know, I think my unique background um, within my own family. There was a lot of narcissism. There was a lot of um, emotional abuse generationally. So, it kind of already predisposes you to like you have to be a relationship observer to survive um and then in addition throughout my life until i uh exposed and healed certain sides of me i also called in experiences that reflected you know what i had seen because of course we're 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 kind of vibing in that energy so it's coming to us again or we're attracting that or it feels familiar to us um so you know at first it was like that so then you know so i've just had a wide array of experiences dating and and just like friendships that needed to have higher bigger stronger boundaries and um you know all of those things that that happen when we study the the other side of relationships and um i've always given advice to my friends i've always been the one who gives advice and so guess I'm an observer. I call myself an observer because, you know, I, I, am not, um, I'm more working as a business coach, but at the same time, I think something is happening with the relationship stuff in my future. So we'll stay tuned on that.
0: Oh yeah. Well, in any relationship, you know, we have to have a relationship with our clients, with our colleagues. And then of course those romantic relationships are very important, But how would you differentiate like a healthy relationship versus like a toxic relationship? And this could be in the range from romance to like friendships to even like siblings.
1: It's whatever relationship doesn't alter the state of who you are. Um, So that's the quickest way to tell. And that's the quickest way to tell. And like you said, in any, in, in any dynamic. So, you know, if you're dating someone and suddenly you're afraid to say a certain thing or afraid to express yourself, even in a micro way, even if it's like, I don't want to ask this question Well, why if you want to ask it just ask it or with a friend you know maybe a friend is uh calling a little too often or asking a bit too much and it's like okay why am i doing all of this for this person so when you can observe yourself once again it goes back to yourself um and it, it's nothing to do with the other person everybody's here to help us learn so Um, thank you thank you thank you to all the people who have reminded us what it's like to love ourselves Um, but when you notice there's a shift in in how you are behaving then that's when you should see is it me or is it them I mean because of course there's still a trigger within us that's being triggered because ultimately no matter who it is uh, we should be able to you know maintain that state uh, but some people's energies are stronger than others. And, and sometimes, um, you know, it's up, we have to discern whether it is time to, you know, say,
0: see you later, sucker. Exactly. <laughs> <I'm just
1: kidding. laughs> boundary once we've understood the lesson, um, or proceed. So
0: Right. Yeah, because I've been in so many toxic relationships, uh, friendships as well. And I noticed once I said goodbye, I mean it's, I still have even in my drinking days, I still have friends that remade my friend to this day that but it, it's a different relationship now. <laughs> it's not the same relationship, but they're still considered my my friends because they've seen me through like my worst and were there for me. They've been there at when I'm I'm not my best. They we're all growing every day. Um, but at my higher level, <laughs> my hi- higher self, I should say, and they're still there. But some of the other friends I have like, you know what? Get, get out of my life, you know, because they were just bringing me down. Their energy was just, ugh, <laughs> just like, I said, see you later. And then I noticing now, like in my, cause I was, this is my second marriage. This marriage now is so beautiful. Like, I mean, of course we're going to have our ups and downs and that's just part of our growing, our growth together as a married, as a husband and wife, but it is so much better. And I, a lot of it has to do with he is a godly man and he's very spiritual and he loves the kids, and we have both kids from each our, our, our previous marriage. And we are just come together as a beautiful unit. And I think once I've taken out alcohol, out drugs, and learned about who I am. And he already knew who he was and he had to go through his thing too. We were able to come together, like two healthy people really, it makes a big difference. One healthy person and when not so healthy would still work, two unhealthy people, it's <laughs> not going to work. And that's where I was, I was unhealthy and obviously I was attracting guys who were unhealthy as well. You know, everybody's, we all have good intentions.
1: Well-intentioned people sometimes hurt themselves anyway. Um, And so the journey is understanding that we have a right to exist and we're here for a reason. And um, it's not easy to be with someone who is, you know, to be someone and to be with someone who is maybe um, on a self-destructive side of things. I think um, I've realized I'm allergic to anyone who puts themselves through unnecessary self-suffering and that category included. So anything that, prevents us from living our fullest expression of freedom which means you know in the case and i've flirted with um i would say substance things you know i i i think um in in my case i i guess like i could tell my intention behind it was not you know was not for the for the for the joy of experiencing a cocktail like i said before and um and you know, I've been in some relationships where I'm like, "Wow, like maybe I'm drinking a little too much. Like maybe it's like I don't want to deal with certain things, and um, and it's not a fun spiral to go down because you know you want to. It just somehow it, it keeps going. So, um, being with well, you want to be with someone who who can hold you accountable and who props you up and who sees you for who you are and for your potential and, um you know, in in my case, like I, now I, I really just like, it, again, it's from this whole journey that drinking isn't appealing to me anymore. It isn't appealing to me because it blocks my channel. So it's like, okay, do I want to have like wine? I mean, I don't even eat meat anymore, which is ridiculous because I used to eat like, you know, steak a lot. I loved my steak and red wine and You know, now it's like, okay, I'm going to block my channel and I'm going to get hormones in my body that I don't want. Like, you know, maybe like every six months is okay. Like, or like I have this rule where it's like, you know, if it costs more than my outfit, I'll have a glass. And if I'm at a wedding, I'll have, I'll have some. but, um, But it's really, it's so much easier to go from a blank slate and to know, to not have to like make that decision of like, should I drink or should I not drink, you know? And then it's like, okay, life is simple that way.
0: Um, Exactly. Thank you so much for sharing that too, because I, I noticed in my past relationships, I always felt like I needed to drink to be, I guess, more confident in myself, you know? I can then... I felt like I could have been more myself, but I wasn't even myself, you know, now people are thinking that I've been drinking and I'm like, whoa, 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 I haven't drank any alcohol in like almost six years now. (laughs) This is just me naturally. I'm just on a natural high. This is me drinking. I agree. Yeah, you are glowing. Oh, thank you. Yourself as well. <laughs> I can always see when everyone is like, when I go hop on these podcasts and I have it on video, I'm like, oh my goodness, they're, I already know they're awesome and amazing. <laughs> I always sense it. Okay. Yes. And I'm so excited. You actually have a listener's gift. Yes. Um, so I have three free
1: meditations that are more like guided journeys that they can download on my website which is holy com slash get free meditations. And uh, as well as I'm putting together this summer, actually I'm releasing one in a couple of days as well. Just a few other meditations on YouTube, which are more experimental so they can view my channel on YouTube, which is holy shiver. And, um, and of course the book, if anybody's interested in, um, in reading the book, uh, it has a lot of prayers behind it. Um, a lot of, a lot of good intentions and um, the ideas for to give a little bit of an uplift and some some universal truths that um, that sometimes we need to hear twice. Maybe maybe we knew them, but sometimes it's good to hear them again.
0: Oh yeah, I'm excited to read your book. All right, is there anything else you would love to share with the audience or where you, they can also find you on um, Instagram? Oh, well,
1: on Instagram on Holy Shiver,
0: uh, Holy underscore Shiver. And,
1: um, well, I think the only other thing I would like to say is like, which has rung true for me lately is like, don't be afraid to be a paradox. Don't be afraid to embrace all sides of yourself and, um, you know, welcome every side of you as if you were welcoming a guest into your house. And so, you know, even if it's fear or pain or discomfort or anxiety or depression, like that's fantastic. Let them come in view let them have a seat you'll see how eventually they'll feel awkward and they'll leave and then other people will come and it'll be happy um which is a little bit stemming from Rumi, but um but i also made it my own and it works really well so
0: yeah just enjoy life and and the paradoxical existence we are in yeah and don't take life so seriously <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> It was such a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for being on my show today, Alessandra. I want to give a shout out to Feedspot. They recognized my show as being on the 50 Best Women's Sobriety Podcasts. I am super excited about that and I couldn't have done it without you. I also want to introduce my new mini course. It is called Overcoming Challenges. So if you're having difficulty in everyday life with things happening that are unexpected or you're like, oh, "How do I handle this?" I have a tool. <laughs> I will leave those links in the show notes. And if you are wanting to be part of my newsletter, make sure you text the word shine. That's S H I N E at 1855 Again, that's 1-855-649-6196. Please make sure you leave a five-star review if this podcast is for you. Love you.